When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report, it's your boy, Mike G, here with my guy, Auburn Memes. We're talking Auburn football this week. Auburn Memes. We did boss it, toss it, lost it to start the season. And I need to give you the floor because you, sir, had the courage. One man, one hero had the courage to say Cal was a toss-up game. I didn't see it. You saw it. The floor is yours. Yo, man, I'm just saying I had to like a predict these nuts moment with the crystal ball on this one. (laughs) I've been calling this for months. I was on this game and I caught some strays for a long time. You did. Or even remotely questioning that this game might be close. I mean, there were people legitimately like this cow game that like looping this down there with like Sanford and uh, UMass. Like that was going to be kind of the tier that this was at even lower than Vandy. And I was telling people, I was like, you know, second game. Knew everything, got half a new team away, the time zone, and then adding sprinkling in the dynamic of Jarquez. Now, as we know, coming back, like there was just a lot of weird little iffy things. And sure enough, I was like, I think it's, I think Auburn still wins. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be ugly. When I was asked to go on record, I said, I think it's going to be within 10. And I said the word ugly. And a lot of people are like, oh, hammer the over, hammer the over. And even I was like, I don't know about that either. And I never, like, I never write about anything. Like, I'm a mm. horrible sports better. Uh, just like with takes in general, for the most part, if I really, like, go all in on a take, I normally try to, like, stay pretty passive. Just because. what I, was it know, about this game? What was it about this game specifically that had you saying toss? Well, that was all the stuff I mentioned. I was it was game two. What was the biggest thing? That little, it had that little trap game on it. it the, the, the biggest thing was it being game two away across the country, the time zone. Okay. With yeah, new coaches, enough. new team, new player, everything. I mean, it just had that recipe for just chaos. It was the ultimate, like, the growing pains are going to show right here. And everyone, I think, written off Cal because they sucked. But the transfer property don't work they do anymore. Suck, we can't do- they do suck, though. They're, they're not a good football team. They're better than they were. Yeah, but they're they, still they suck pretty bad. Less. <laughs> yeah, all the play down to the competition there. But, but we'll, we'll 100%, get it that later. 100% did. But I think the thing about it is... 
we, we, everybody's so just caught up. Cause like, we just been programmed like this forever to think like whatever the team was last year will be like indicative of what they'll be the following year with the transfer portal. And like essentially just being able to hit like the reset button on a team, especially in a lot of different key positions. Like we can't be judging. I mean, even with freaking Colorado, look how everybody's trying to write off Colorado when they like, like what 90% of the or 88 I forget if the number was like a team turnover with Dion. It's like it's not the same team, it's not the same, it's nothing's the same. But yet we're somehow trying to all team was one and eleven last year. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, it's a completely different team. And I think you say the same for Cal to an extent and Auburn, at least half of Auburn's team. So there were just a few little factors that kind of went into it for me. And um I ended up being quasi right. Uh, yeah. I think even though Auburn did win absolutely right. It was a it was very it was very tossy for a lot of that okay. game. So well, how I define a toss is, is it a game going into the fourth quarter? Certainly this was a game going into the fourth quarter, right? So it was definitely a toss up about who would win based on it being a one score game going into the fourth quarter. So Auburn defeated Cal 14 to 10 way out West. Uh, it was interesting. Boss it toss it lost it. We do this every year. If this is your first time listener, uh, both games are ones we think Auburn will absolutely win, probably dominate, but certainly win by at least double digits. Toss games are too close to call. And lost games are exactly what they feel like. This is just count this as an L. Auburn's not going to win this game, no chance. But the way the SEC is shaping up, um, there might be one to two more games that we put in the loss column that we could probably move to the toss column. We'll get to that later. Auburn means takes a victory lap on this one, though. Uh, Auburn gets the green check mark, but this belongs in the toss column, I must admit. Let's talk about the game for a second, Memes. Auburn yep. traveled out west. Hugh Freeze talked about the challenges with playing a team out west. He said, I'd much rather play a team on the east coast. But they played a team on the west coast uh, in Cal. Uh, lots of storylines here. Hugh Freeze's first road game. Jaden Ott running his mouth before his this mouth. one. If you follow me on Twitter, I posted the clips. And obviously, Cal returned the 17th most defensive production in the nation. So this was, for the most part, the same defense as it was last year. They were dead, dead last in the pack in terms of passing yards allowed per game. Uh, you know, what did you see Saturday that, that irked you the most? I mean... <laughs> this is a frustrating game to watch, was it not? This is a frustrating game to watch. Well, I mean, play one, and like <laughs> we got to be real here. Like we got to be real, and people don't admit this. Like Cal, I mean, they shot themselves in the foot numerous times, but also like they got screwed. This could be a hot take, maybe a little bit, but maybe the refs kind of bailed Auburn out. Maybe not necessarily intentionally. They absolutely, they absolutely bailed Auburn out. <laughs> But that very first play, you know, it's funny. I mean, if this had been Ole Miss or Arkansas fans like 2020, and I don't know how why Cal fans aren't talking about this more. Like they don't, this, this they is, don't care about football. That's true. That's true. That's, that's why they're not talking about it. I'd have been screaming uh, about it after the game if I were them. Yeah, no. I mean, this would have been like Virginia double dribbled moment type situation. But like literally interception, fumble, whatever you want to call it. I mean, Peyton Thorne just was like gifted a dude to pick six. Like everybody was clearly in bounds. Like how that ref blew that dead is insanity. So it was just like a massive momentum shifter. That, I mean, that should have been 7-0 Cal. Anyway, let's go back to that. There was the fumble, and there were so many fumbles, they all run in my head together. But there was the fumble uh, that Cal... That, that Auburn recovered from Cal. And if you look at it, it was like, 
I don't, the video evidence was not really disputable either way. And it kind of didn't necessarily, I don't know. I'm not thoroughly convinced that if we had a lot of different other camera angles that that wasn't like the guy was down before the ball came out. I guess you got to kind of stick with the call in the field. But had you not had that, and obviously that turnover is what allowed Auburn to score with the Jay Fair pass. So like, let's say you take both of those away. What does that do to the ship momentum of the game? And then just a few other little like questionable calls was like, got lucky with that one. So, and then, then the kicking that Cal couldn't make a field goal. Oh my God. I have never been so confident that a kicker was going to miss a kick as I was on Saturday. I was watching the game with my brother memes. And as soon every time this guy went up, I was like, he's definitely going to miss this shit. Like it's not even close. Um, yeah, and, gingers and, and, don't need to be kicking. Oh, dude, well, the one that was from 40 yards, I was like, there's zero way he makes this, right? Like, he's just not good. He's not that guy. Brought uh, me back to the glory days of Bam. I miss, I miss it. I miss it when that guy was on Bama's team. Oh, my goodness, right? Um, my they favorite. had to make some big kicks on Saturday, uh, in, in the loss to Texas. Uh, but let's let's talk play calling here for a second. I thought that the play calling was atrocious, was not good. I didn't know what the game plan was. Um, and they, they uh, listen, free 27 was successful. Hashtag free 27. Yep. Jarquez Hunter returned to the lineup. Memes. I thought because it was his first game back that they probably should have eased him into the game. Uh, you start Damari and you bring Jarquez off the bench just for this one. Yo, what did you think about the game plan? It, it, it wasn't great, was it? Uh, the game plan, the play calling, the musical, I mean, I, the, the musical chairs of quarterbacks, which I think was the easiest uh, exclamation point of WTF is going on, which I'm sure we're recording this before the press conference on Monday will uh, probably be addressed wholeheartedly. And I would love to hear how that's going to go. But yeah, I mean, everything was just like super, super off getting players in rhythm. Just. I mean, I hate to say it, my, like, I guess you can circle some good drives, which you do in any case. But I mean, for the most part, this was one of the worst games Auburn's had from just like a play calling and just game plan and everything situation as a whole for a team that you are pretty much like top to bottom, like more talented than. And that's the part like, you can get it. OK, Georgia, our offense is stalling out. Well, they're so much better. Right. But it should not you should not have that much deficiencies in a team that you're that much better than. So that was a lot of um it was disappointing. I'm yeah, not gonna lie, it was disappointing. Left a lot to be desired. Uh okay, so the play calling was was bad, it was terrible. Um Hugh Freeze gave up play calling responsibilities for the first time in his career, allegedly. So this was at least initially Philip Montgomery calling this game. Uh do you think it's possible that they were like, you know what? We're not going to go Super Saiyan. We're going to stay in our base form for this one. And and then it was like, oh, crap. We need Super Saiyan God. Like, <laughs> Good reference. I'm nerd, Thank I'm, you. Yeah, I'm nerding out here. But, like, it, it yeah. was, uh, you know what I mean? And then by the fourth quarter, it was like, guys, if we don't go ultra instinct, we're going to lose. Man, like, you, could, you, you just lost a lot of people. I, I followed it perfectly. <laughs> a lot of people scratching their head, uh, wondering what that's about. But. They could probably use context clues to figure it out. So anyway, I, part of me just wonders if the idea here was like, all right, Jarquez is back. Like, let's just ground and pound him to death. Which, like, if you look at the numbers and the averages, it's like, okay, he got higher. Like, it, it makes sense, but it didn't. I, I feel like the the stat line versus the eye test are just completely different. 
Mm. And like, and of course, you know, you got some fumbles in there that kind of mess some things up and the momentum. I think there's ways you maybe you could call plays to help momentum and rhythm stay along. Like, you know, don't put Robbie in on first and second to just run and then put Peyton in on third to kind of bail it out. I think we've seen that experiment time and time again at Auburn, just like not work. The definitely, I, you didn't put Peyton in a, su- a situation to be successful. Not a quarterback. Definitely. We're not putting Robbie in a situation to be successful either. Cause like Robbie has far less tricks in his bag that he can pull out. I mean, he's just very one dimensional. Like he's either going to hand the ball off or he's going to try to run it. And then the one trick play they did that, like that the, you could tell they've been kind of, working toward to you mm-hmm. know get cow to bite with Cobb was awesome and then of course you get a freaking hold on it and that was the other thing about it too is just like those penalties that were just so untimely were just like god dang it like there right when we got couple, some momentum there were a couple that weren't on the offensive line though uh uh thorn broke contain and if wade had not held his man he was definitely going to get hit mm-hmm. right rolling to the outside uh you know he should have stepped up in the pocket he didn't <laughs> Um, you know, the play calling definitely left a lot to, to be desired, but let's talk quarterbacks here for a second. You make, you mentioned the quarterback carousel, uh, Hugh freeze again, rotated quarterbacks. It was deep into, I think we were into the second quarter actually, before we saw Robbie in this one. So he tried to to settle in the game, but that's such a, like, we got to watch that phrasing now with the way clock rules work because clock rules suck, bro. Because, yeah, I mean, what was it like Cal had one possession and it was like they went like half the length of the field and like seven minutes were gone or something? Yeah, I mean, it was to start the first half, uh, the second half, I'm sorry, they they had like a four or five minute drive, it felt like. Um, but the clock rules were just were were, were kind of out of whack. They brought they brought Robbie Ashford in and uh, it was pretty obvious what they were going to do with him. Now, he got some passes, but similarly to week one, uh, they didn't give him a chance to push the ball up the field. Uh, and it was clear Cal did not respect it at all. So, right. Yeah. And that was the thing about it. And uh, there's a lot of debate on this. I mean, by by the end of it, it I think you should have done the pass to set up the run. It was very obvious they were trying to run to set up the pass, which just what was, I not, was not against, against the worst pass defense in the pack. Literally. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, what you really could have done there was just let Thorne aerate it out. I think bring Robbie in as like a kill shot. And because they're not like the thing is like they're not expecting Robbie to run it. Let like put Robbie in for a series and let him pass 70, 80 percent of the time. Like they not going to see that one coming. And if you don't feel that confident that Robbie can pass the ball outside of like a little curl play or a screen, then just don't put him in. Like if you feel that confident, if you feel that he's he just cannot do that at all, which like we've seen he can, especially giving him a deep shot. Can. So don't nerf him. Don't 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 handcuff him to just being that one dimensional, and not even like creative runs either. It's like, all right, he's gonna run run to the outside. All right, well they they probably see that one coming. Mm. Like there weren't, I don't know. There, there was just a few different things that I, I even think in the the limited roles that they had him in, they could have done even made it a little bit more creative to like make it work. But then when it's not working, you're throwing Peyton off rhythm. So it was just like the, you just dug yourself in a far deeper hole. So you either needed like, if you were going to do the quarterback thing like that, do it right or don't do it at all. Well, well, Peyton Thorne didn't have a good game, right? Like, I mean, 
he he wasn't seeing the field. Hugh Freeze mentioned after the game there were some reads that he missed uh, similarly to last week when we saw him coaching him really hard on the sideline. Uh, the expectations are high there. How, like, you know, he should be settled in by now, shouldn't he? This is, isn't this why you bring in an experienced transfer from another Power 5 school? Because he started all these games, and here we are, game two, and he looks like he... I saw. I mean, I, I regress may be a too strong of a word, but it, yeah, it didn't look like he took any steps forward on Saturday. I mean, there were a lot of people that were kind of. Co- it's 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 interesting. Like we're cutting, we're really cutting the. Uh, we're really we're really cutting deep into our our feels here, because like a lot of people. I mean, the meltdown during the game was just awesome. You know how it was, but like the, in all, I say that like sarcastically. It was pretty terrible with just how like fickle fans can be with the just changing their feelings and emotions as the wind blows. Cause there are people that are like, Oh, Robbie, do you like pull Peyton out? This dude sucks. Like, how could we get him? Like he, there's a reason Michigan state, you know, just everybody just goes just full message board genius mode. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's it, typically with everything like that, the truth lies in the middle, but I mean, yeah, he did not have a game and it, it seemed like to me, the biggest thing was like, you brought him in to be kind of the consistency, the, the grounded the guy, the guy with the the guy with the experience. And it to me, I'm looking over here like he he would get out of rhythm. He was rat like if his confidence was shot, everything about him was shot. Like he had to get a few passes before he could really get it going. And I'm like, that's that that seems like kind of the opposite of what we were hoping for this whole situation. So that was a little confusing. I'm over here just kind of like, all right. That 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 doesn't that doesn't really seem to add up for kind of what the what the what 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 we were sold on this this whole deal is. So I don't know. I, the the quarterback situation really just has got me scratching my head. And mm-hmm. uh, but, but here's the here's the real thing. Here's the real thing with all this. What we really got to get at here is this was a horribly coached game. <laughs> now is that on Hugh? On sides, yeah. Or is that on the coordinators? Or a little bit of both? But that that's really the, the biggest prevailing thing that ended up happening here because it just really like Auburn won that game because they were just more talented than Cal. And if you just you give enough time to be, if you give enough time out there, the more athletic guy is going to win if all things are equal and the athleticism of player for player, unfortunately for Cal, not equal. It right. kind of reminded me of some like stagnant Tuberville games or like the, I want I, I got to double check the stats. I almost kind of like had to like this a lesser version of like some of those Kansas state games that Auburn played. It was like, you're a better team than them, but they were just really kind of keeping it close and being like tenacious with it. Yeah. Um, like kind of Cal- like an, a weird out of conference game. Yeah. Listen, Cal fans were getting ready to come after me on Twitter. After that first quarter, they were like, Oh, but Mike G said, we don't play defense out here, bro. You don't, you guys don't though. That game was more about Auburn shooting themselves in the foot offensively than it was about the defense that was being played by Cal. I will die on that hill. They're not a good team. Auburn played down to the competition, and they could, they should have won this game by double digits. Uh, they did not. Uh, I felt like the scheme helped them back. Uh, we saw that. No wide receiver really got a chance to get into a flow in this game, but we did see the emergence of one Rivaldo Fairweather. Tight ends got one target last week. Uh, Fairweather caught what was definitely turned out to be the game-clinching touchdown from Peyton Thorne on a fade to the corner of the end zone. Um, 
Let's talk about the receivers here for a second. You know, you can't see it on tape memes, but they weren't getting a ton of separation at times, but they were open and Thorne was not seeing the fields. Yeah, nah, just just like we said, I mean, it was a, there was a lot going on with him. And I, I do remember that one play where Robbie passed it and he kind of dumped it to Jarquez and Jarquez just got eaten alive and he didn't complete it. It was just yeah. There was, a there, was no, there was no point in Jarquez catching it, three guys on him. But if you notice in that frame there, Robbie's head, you know, his moving his neck, Robbie's making, he, he's checking. And that was his dump guy. I think that was at least his third head turn. Mm-hmm. So everybody was covered up, but Robbie wasn't just staring him down or wasn't just like lost in space. I mean, he was doing the right thing there. There was just, there was just nothing open. So I think really, like I was saying, it's just blame. It's kind of blame. To go. The only person that comes out of this, like puffing his chest up, is Eugene Asante. And then you maybe arguing for Don McCoffman. Yeah, for they, sure. I mean, they played. We talked about the biggest surprise of the game. And it was sure. good with Keys going down and like linebacker being a big question mark. But uh, Asante, if this is like reflective of what he is and can and will be, that's that's great. I mean, that's a huge takeaway here. Well, let's go ahead and pivot to defense because I do okay. want to talk about defense before we get out of here. Auburn's defense definitely stepped up in this one. They were absolutely the best unit on the field on Saturday for the Tigers. Um, they held Cal to, yes. I believe it was 270 yards total. Um, let me hold on, wait, hold on, wait. let me let me verify this number real quick before we move on because I I, I do want it to be accurate. I'll add, uh, I'll add lib. 273, oh, 273, 273, right? And listen, Auburn only got 230 yards of total offense in this one. So they actually outgained the Tigers by 43 yards. Um, listen, holding any Power 5 team under 300 yards of total offense, if you told me that's all Cal was going to get, I would have told you Auburn was going to win this game by a lot. <laughs> Uh, I would not in my life think that they would have gotten fewer yards than that, uh, but they did. And they came up with some key stops. Memes, I, I just want to make a point. So, like, in, in the fourth quarter, I tweeted out, does Auburn have enough gas on defense to get one more stop? People emphatically replied to me, and they were like, no. Auburn fans have seen this story before. The defense does a great job the whole game, but they're on the field the whole game. They lost time of possession in this one by nine minutes. That's nuts. Right. And so they did like they were on the field for a while. Now, uh, they came Asante, your guy you were just talking about, Asante, yep. Asante came up with the big stop, the big sack late in the game that forced Cal actually into a longer field goal, which they subsequently missed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, as wow. a Cal fan, as you mentioned, like they don't care, obviously. But like you got, I mean, it was just like Missouri last year. I know the unfortunate, that's not a comparison you ever want to have ever again. But like as a Cal fan, you just got to sit there and scratch your head and be like, how many different times could we have just won and or put this game mm-hmm. away and just did not Yeah. At home. And like that, that's got like Auburn, Auburn got one here. And I think this was a, this would have been a bad, like this would have been a bad loss. It, 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 it bad keeps loss. the, it keeps the, the tradition of Auburn dominating the Pac 12. Like that was, I think, the biggest thing for me is like out of all this, out, out of all the fun streaks Brian Harson cost us, like at least we have the, the Pac 12 one like still in our bag. But geez, like they just, I mean that that's definitely going to go down as like one of the ugliest 
like Auburn games that just had no business being ugly, like Georgia State vibe yeah. kind of things. And yeah, I mean, it's just they play down. But as I said in my whole why it was a toss up versus why I don't think it'll be it won't be a, a boss or a loss is because it's the game two thing. I think they're going to work a lot of the stuff out that were problematic and going to show in this game for all the different reasons. And that's where I think it's going to be okay. Like mm-hmm. it's a game. If they played this game, game eight, game 10 and all wherever else, completely different situation. But sure. it's just that early game. It's that first away game. Everybody's got the blues about one thing or another. And you just get out of there and it's maybe good. You got to like a little, like a little checked. Cause I think it maybe will give everybody like kind of down to reality. And if it sounds like he was pissed and everybody's going to be getting an earful, which is good. They understand this wasn't good enough. The secondary played great. Um, yeah. I thought that DJ James, uh, he got an interception. He dropped an easy one last week. He picked one off in the end zone this week. Uh, and uh, our guy Jalen Simpson caught one on the Hail Mary at the end of the first half. Uh, yeah, that he cool. tried to return out of the end zone and ultimately got tackled about 25 yards out of the end zone. But the secondary did the job, right? This is a sol- this is turning into a solid defensive unit, is it not? Let me. No, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. And because I think a lot of people after UMass are worried about the defense and it kind of went the other way. So maybe it's like, all right, the defense got a little wake-up call after UMass. Maybe this will be the wake-up call for the offense. But let me ask you this, and this is going to be a um, as you may be a little spicier side of the conversation. But I think it was kind of a reality check for a lot of fans. And anytime a, a coach is hired, you know, there's the honeymoon phase. And, mm-hmm. and everything is right. Nothing can go wrong. And keeping the analogy of the honeymoon alive, the the love, the love making was on fire for what this offseason was. The honeymoon itself, because Hugh was killing it in recruiting. And that made the honeymoon phase electric. Ryan Harson didn't quite have that when he came here because of well, COVID and just inevitably he's wasn't a great recruiter. And then uh, Gus, everything post 2012 was just horrible. And we were all just depressed. So he kept it going. And it was like, I've always been kind of wondering, I was like, all right, when's going to be the first kind of everybody's down to reality of like, all right, Auburn's not winning every game. With, you know, no, no coach, no coach is infallible. And do you think this, like, do you think this kind of was the, the end of the honeymoon phase? It's like, all right, we're, no, we're done with no, the, not the, yet. the fairy not yet. tale. We're, we're, we're there. No, oh, not you, yet. You don't think so? No, no. I, listen, a lot of the honeymoon, a lot of the bug that we were feeling from the fan base had to do with excitement around recruiting. I think there's still a lot of excitement around recruiting. Um, but Hugh Freeze himself has been preaching, guys, I need time to build this thing. I, I need time to get build a winner. And he's been trying to temper expectations. What I think he found was is this roster wasn't as in shambles as much as he thought it was when he came in. So there's going to be an expectation when they play close games that they should win, right? Uh, And I think that fans are going to expect that because now they understand how much talent is actually on this roster. It just it has to look competent, right? Because I don't like. The honeymoon phase ends when people stop believing that we have the talent to beat the team that we're playing. When it's the scheme, it's fixable, right? There's tape that can be watched, and you can go back and you can say, we didn't do these things right. And I think that's what you saw on Saturday. You saw a bunch of fixable stuff on tape. 
So I guess I would define it a little differently for the honeymoon okay. phase. What I would say it for me would be at what point do, and it, it's, it's, this is such a stupid idea, but it's just from the fan perspective, it's, it's, it's a reality or message boards wouldn't exist, but at what point is everything awesome to where I, I chime in with a lot of, I, I start feeling emboldened to be critical. And that's, I think we're in my opinion, at least what the honeymoon phase is and isn't like, at least in regards to like the football situation. Like, like it gets, feel it's it, bad enough that you're like, okay, what is this? Right. Yeah. Like, I'm making a, I'm making a post and I'm upset about blank and I, I don't feel bad to say it. I'm not gonna say I've lost trust in the coach, but I, I got my, you know, my, my couch coat, you know, couch coaching's coming in to where I'm, I'm saying this, this game plan was stupid or this quarterback rotation was stupid or, you know, it should be better at da 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 to where it's like, okay, we, we understand that like maybe this isn't the team of destiny after all. And we're actually like, there is, we're, we're coming to grips with the fact of like, we're in the process of rebuilding. Yeah. Which, it's okay. So hear me out. When the, okay. if, if the narrative is that you play down to the competition, right? Which is what I think Auburn did. And the honeymoon phase isn't exactly over just yet. Right. Because if it's, it's, it, 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 if you're accepting reality, the reality is, hey, we're going to run into a wall at some point. And I just don't think fans are there yet. I think they're super optimistic about this schedule, which is the easiest schedule Auburn has had in a while. I think this honeymoon phase could last until midseason, especially if they can pull off a win versus LSU on the road. Now, nothing. Ooh. Well, well, nothing will bring you back to reality faster than two straight losses to Georgia and LSU. And that's what they're facing. Um, yeah, and I, don't even think, I don't even think it's the losses, but I think it's just how the game is played. And that's where I think the deal with Cal here was even though it was a win, it was it just like a loss. so it, it was so <laughs> ugly. And it was which I mean, you would want to think with like good game planning and stuff, it would have been so preventable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things that you felt very confident in maybe you're having a little bit of a check down and obviously the honeymoon, I would say the honeymoon phase ended for Brian Harson like soundly with Georgia state. And mm. that is when it was like, okay, like we won yikes. that game, but it was like, yikes, man. Like, yeah, like, played like crap. TJ came mm -hmm. in and saved the game. I don't know. See, I don't know. I don't know if it was over at Georgia state. I think that was disappointing. Remember, so Kobe McLean didn't play the first half of that game. Um, and but, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that remember they finished that day. Listen, that year, Brian Hartson was being talked about as SEC coach of the year headed into November. This team was six and two. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think that the honeymoon but, phase was done by then. But, but my State. definition of honeymoon phase was like at the point where it, everything's so new and fresh, just like, you know, when you're, you know, you and your, your new wife or husband, have just like oh we're, we're but we don't fight about anything like that whole deal. I'm not saying the marriage is over. I'm not saying it was we're ready to fire him, but that was your in it keeping alive to the marriage analogy. That was your first fight. Like uh oh, I'm mad at you for playing this way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think but, that but was the marriage. It. The marriage was over. It's kind of debatable with Horace. I think other people have different answers, but I mean, easily by Houston for sure. When it was like, all right, we're really like he had lost the majority of the fan base, and I think a lot of obviously had to go with the recruiting as well. But like, would this could this kind of be defined as like, all right, this was Auburn's first little. Mm. Now the difference between the Harson and the Hughes situation is people are going to have a lot more patience if things start getting just 
bumpy as the season progresses because Hugh Freeze is doing the right thing. He's buying into the culture. He's just generally happy to be at Auburn. Like he's rolling tumor, you know, just like the little things. And then um, obviously the recruiting of like, hey, we're actually building something for a future. And we have an understanding of like what that is going to take where Brian Harson could have had more time given the record. Had he done all those other things like play the game, be happy to be there. And obviously the most important, like put a half an ounce of effort into recruiting where Hugh Freeze is putting a whole mountains worth of effort into it, yeah, which gives people a lot more like, you know, warm, fuzzy feeling. Hey, this will work. He's built more goodwill with the fan base, I think, right. for the, the honeymoon to be over after this one. Right. Yeah. I just think I just think that the honeymoon is really not going to hit people. And I get how you're defining it, but I, I don't think it's going to hit people until Auburn loses. Honestly, I just don't. I think that the fan base is internally. I think that's what a great job he did this offseason. Right, right. So I guess my thing on that could be then then we'll since we kind of have like a little bit of a different definition, but this may be to me, this may be the downturn. And then maybe after the first loss or an ugly one, or then then it's like, okay, reality set in, like marriages are tough. It's you know, this ain't gonna be an easy, like we're really gonna have to uh the marriages analogy is really going hard here, but really like we're gonna have to work to make this thing work in the sense of like I mean, let's be real. Being an Auburn fan ain't easy. No, um, yeah, it's one of the hardest with, things in the world. <laughs> with any coach, like there's going to be there's going to be some trial and tribulations to to get through Auburn fandom. And I think, I mean, obviously, we know the goal that what they're trying to do is build it up the right way. Because let's be real, under Gus, under Chiswick, and you know, you get back to Tuberville's a little little. Football's just changed so much since then with recruiting and obviously then I own all that, but we'll stick mostly with Gus because it's just the most easily comparable. But why? Because I've always said it too, like you never had two good years, two good years in a row dating back to Tuberville. And I will kind of die. I'll die on that hill. Um, so with that, it was kind of this deal of like, You'd have a good year, then kind of up. You'd have these kind of ups and downs of year after year after. Year. It's like you could not just have a year and build on it and be better the next, and then be better in the next. It, it just it always kind of felt like you were just tripping over yourself around every turn. And obviously, as we can look back in hindsight and say, well, a lot of that had to do with Gus's roster management, and his recruiting, yeah. and the lack of evaluation, everything else. He's, he's got he's got to prove it as a play caller. I, I think that this is where a lot of fans hope is going to live or die. Honestly, I think you know we okay. talked about it during the offensive segment. Um, you know, if you can keep some sort of hope in there that it's going to get better, then you the honeymoon's not over as long as there's hope, right? Oh, so, and, see, that's, that's a different take than I was thinking. Yeah. That, I'm thinking it's the building the roster the right way. Yeah, yeah. The honeymoon's not over until until people feel like there's no hope, right? But, but that's what that's the that's the advantage of recruiting like a boss, though, right? Put the whole recruiting class in the boss column memes, right? Like he's doing it, and so you create all this hope and goodwill, and and and, and what happens is you buy the benefit of the doubt in some fans' minds. So there will be a section section of fans that think, oh, like, but wait until he gets his guys in, right? Like, and then there'll be another section of fans that's just like, you know, look, this was always going to take, this is always going to be a process, you know? And then oh. there are the eternal ones that are just like, Auburn's, even if we lose three games, we're still winning the national title, right? Like, Yeah, for me, but hope, good word there, hope. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the word that you have when the marriage so, is healthy. 
That's why they fired Gus, right? Right. And, and this is what we said, Hope, yeah. and you brought Harson in. Hope, okay, Hope listen, let me ask you this. At what point would you say, Harson, there was no hope? Like, what game or what moment where you're like, all right, this is truly hopeless with him? I think after Houston, I think people were done after the loss to Houston. After you close the season, oh, for whatever, and like, like, you know, you lose to South Carolina, you lose to Bama, and then you lose to Houston, and you close with three straight losses. And I think a lot of hope died after the bowl game. Now, uh, they, they, there was a tiny bit of hope alive because of how you played Bama, right? You lost that one mm-hmm. in four OTs or whatever, right? Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think hope died then. And then going into the next season, he really needed to prove himself, and it still looked terrible. Yeah. Right. Uh, it looked bad. And and then when they actually started losing games, all hope was gone. So, you know, you lose that like you barely like think about that Missouri game. They literally fumbled the game back to you. But that was a win that felt like a loss. Uh, and then oh, I mean, there were people thinking he would get fired that day, like yeah, it, yeah. like fired after a win. Yeah. After like, you know, but if they had lost it, he might have had to uh, catch an Uber back to Auburn. But, but you know, um, that's what happened. But that's what happened with Gus. I mean, he technically beat Mississippi State. Yeah, but it but, was just such an ugly slide before win. that. <laughs> yeah, hope uh, die before that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even those wins don't necessarily protect you. Well, you know, it, it, I mean, we're out of time here, but it's a cl- kind of close on this thing about you know the honeymoon here. I mean, it, it's it's to me, this has always been about bringing in the correct system. Uh, nobody would have guessed that the 2013 team which in large part went three and nine the year before they brought in some key pieces in 2013. Uh, the 2012 team, I'm sorry, went three and nine in 2013. They brought in some key pieces in Nick Marshall and some other guys and they went and they, and they ran all the way to a national title game. And I just think that fans, because they've been so accustomed to these like miracle years, that's what I'm saying, the team of destiny effects. Yeah, whenever you bring in a new coach, it injects that hope in, in there. And he he validated that hope by going out and recruiting like a monster. And, and then if he can the, – the last place he needs to continue to validate how he can keep hope alive is get one of these quarterbacks to an SEC level. If yep. he can get one of these quarterbacks to the SEC level, hope will stay alive on this team, especially if this defense continues to improve. You get Jarquez Hunter back, and then you and, and then you get to get the ball to your playmakers, the wide receiver. I think at this point it's pretty clear. Javarius Johnson, Jay Fair, Rivaldo, Rivaldo Fairweather. You need to feed those guys. Feed those guys, Hugh. Figure it out, man. Get the job done. Close I'll say thoughts. this. To, I'll say the last thing on this one to kind of deal with the you know in the in the theme of honeymoon phase is I think what fans are going to struggle with the most is just under because they haven't had it, they haven't seen it. Is how to build it right with modern football the way it is now. And with NIL and all the changes to transfer portal, maybe we don't even know what that is supposed to be right now, but we can definitely look back at the last couple coaches Auburn has had and say, that's not how it worked. Even with Gus's system, as we said earlier, it would give you the team of destiny feel, but there was no sustainability to that. And therefore it wasn't sustainable. So we know to do it the right way that, you can't, it's very rare that you can have the team of destiny and build it up the right way. Yeah. And the hope here is that Hugh Freeze can go in here the right way and build it up the right way, which 
may take a little bit longer of a time. And it's just a matter of can he do enough right on the record in the field to get the patients to do it? think so you don't have the billy napier effect where you're sitting there getting getting blasted out you know on the hottest seat in the sec right now or we'll probably drink after this past week but top three hottest seat in the sec and not have the time even though the recruiting is going good so i think it's kind of a fine line you got to do both but i think if fans can be understanding that there may be some small growing pains record wise and having like realistic expectations but also understanding what's being built toward then maybe just maybe we can have a year where it's you have a good year followed by a good other good year followed by a better year followed by a great year and actually build towards something bigger and sustainable to where you have not only raised hit a high ceiling you've also raised your floor i hate to even give georgia any credit but look at what yeah. they've done in Kirby smart and that's the that's the model and it took them a while to do it but they're up there and it doesn't look like they're going anywhere well uh i don't think hope is dead certainly we hope that you if you're listening to this you'll share this on social media after war report i want to thank auburn memes for joining me yep. auburn has samford coming up at home they're back on the plane it's kind of an alternating schedule this year memes home away home away home away for a few weeks until they get into the back half of the season uh we'll be back with you guys next week talking about what happened against samford and headed into sec play against texas a&m and college station guys we're signing off and as always war eagle hey war eagle